two questions for your day. First of all, give some thought for a moment to what do you want? Just honestly, right now, what's a desire that you have? Might be for an outcome, an activity, something you'd like to achieve, something you'd like to acquire, something you'd like to eat. That is a precious thing about you. I have a friend who's a very congenial guy. He will very often go along with what anybody else wants to do. And recently I asked him if he wanted to do some particular activity. And immediately he responded, no, I don't want to do A, I want to do B. And I love that. Knowing for sure with clarity and conviction what he wanted to do was a precious thing. Dallas Willard writes, Renewing the Christian Mind, page 72 about how desire is a really important part of life. The primary role of desire in human life is to impel us to action. If action were solely under the direction of thought, we would never survive infancy, and life would be an intolerable burden in which much that is good would not be realized. We have to have desire because we are not capable of thinking about all the things that we need to do. Automatically, we know we want to eat and We want to go to sleep when it's time to do that. That's a very good thing. Desire is part of what God made us. God loves to satisfy the desires of his creatures with good things. But we're headed towards commencement season, and there'll be lots of commencement addresses that will have advice along the lines of follow your bliss, or that we were made for the pursuit of happiness. No, 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 no. Dallas goes on. Desire on the biblical understanding is not in itself bad, but it is dangerous because it has the tendency to take over a life. What happens with desire is we lose sight of what is good. That's how desire takes over. And if we relent to desire as the guide to our life, then we lose touch with what is good. Desire has the power to do that, which is partly because desire makes us focus on something. It gives us a very intense obsession with something. Desire, by its nature, obsesses. Interesting. We rarely find someone who is obsessed with the good. Somebody that has obsessive-compulsive disorder. Now, they might obsess in a neurotic way over rules or so, but they're not obsessed generally with moral beauty and soundness of character. We should be obsessed with what is good, but we are not. Instead, we regularly find people who are obsessed with something that is not good because they have come to desire it. Somerset Maugham's book is a classic study of this, of human bondage. Desire, which we want to be free to follow, ends up making us anything but free. Now, that may be something that's silly, but nonetheless, they're obsessed with it. Obsession closes the horizon of the mind so that there is just one thing there before the mind. The question, is it good, is not allowed. So, when I'm gripped by desire, I see a donut, and my only thought is, mmm. I don't think blood sugar, diabetes, feet falling off, which if I'm standing back and considering things from a holistic perspective, I would. Or if I'm in the grip of porn or sexual addiction, I'll look at something, all I see is an object that can give me pleasure instead of standing back and seeing this is somebody's daughter or somebody's son 
somebody's brother or sister. Don't think about the fact that this is a person that God made. I don't think about God at all. Desire just does that. It narrows the mind. So, Dallas writes, desire must be subordinated to what is good. And it is the role of the will to see that it is. That's the difference between will and desire. Will always has a broader view. And God made us with wills. Uh, That's how will functions in our life. The real danger is that desire will capture our will. There are many people who do not know that they have a will distinct from their desires because their will has been captured by their desire. They think if they desire something, that's all that's needed. Nancy and I were on a long car ride quite recently, and she does this every once in a while. She would find uh, hair on her clothes or lint, probably mostly hair from Baxter, and she'll pick it off. And then she'll put it over on my side and drop it off. And she did this a couple of times. I finally said, don't put that hair on my side. I don't want that hair lint on me. And she said, well, there's no room over here. Like, seriously. Yeah, I have these notebooks and my purse over here. Now, she's not really consciously thinking. It's not the case there's no rule, will, uh, no room. Her will has been captured by her desire, and it's just simply become a habit. And that happens for all of us in a lot more serious ways. So that brings, to the sec- brings us to the second question. First question is, what do I want? Second question to think about right now for today is, what do I value? What is the good? What kind of person do I want to become? And what good might I seek in this moment? This moment right now, looking into this camera as I am with you, God, what good might I be able to do? Dallas goes on. We must understand desire, not bad in itself, but if we allow it to control us, it will ruin us and ruin everything around us because desire is not determined by what is good. Because desire is not determined by what is good. And this is a fundamental matter now of understanding the human condition and how to become a good person. Many years ago, when I was in grad school studying psychology, I read the works of a psychologist you might know, Carl Rogers. And one of the ideas that he posited was every human being, because we all want certain things, we have desire. He said we have what he called an organismic valuing process. We attach a value. I want this, I don't want that. And his understanding of the human condition was that that organismic valuing process is a reliable guide. That's a trustworthy guide. But what happens to all of us is we end up in a situation where we have people around us, parents or others, that place conditions of worth on us. And I will like you if instead of just paying attention to what you really value, you're quiet or you're compliant or you do what I say. So we get out of touch with that very basic fundamental valuing process inside of us. And if it weren't up for those conditions of worth that are placed on us, our internal mechanisms would give us a perfectly reliable guide to life. Follow your bliss. The Bible's understanding is very different. It is that desire is a very good thing that God made us with a capacity for desire, but our desires by themselves are not reliable guides because our desires now have been severed from 
an intrinsic connection with what is good. This leads us to one of our deepest cultural uh, quandaries, Dallas writes. The cultural quandary is the idea that we can know what is good independently of what we want. The prevailing idea is that it's only desire to tell, that tells us what is good. Follow your bliss. If you want it, it must be a good thing. And then love, which should be directed to what is good, is distorted to what you want. One of the best illustrations on that point is when a person says he loves chocolate cake. But of course, he does not love chocolate cake. He wants to eat chocolate cake, and that's very different from love. If you were a chocolate cake and you heard someone uh, standing by saying, I love chocolate cake, you would not expect a knife coming next. That illustration helps show us there is a distinction between what is loved and what is merely desired. They are not the same. Love is always directed at what is good. You love something if you are set to advance what is good for it. So, if you love chocolate cake, you would be taking care of it, not eating it. Desire seeks to have its way with what is desire. To love rightly, of course, is what redemption is all about. So, What do you love today? What do I value today? Love above all, to love God, to love people. And how can I bring good into this situation? My invitation right now is take one uh, desire that you have that can conflict with what you know to be good, and today be willing to actually say no to that desire so that you can say yes to the good, just to make that distinction. Because The goal, of course, is not to live a life where I'm constantly frustrated by unsatisfied desires, but where I cease to desire that which is not good, and to cultivate a new set of desires that is governed by what is good. So I'm no longer constantly tempted by my desire for, um, could be porn, uh, could be ventilating anger, could be greed for money could be power over other people or folks' approval, so that, I, so that increasingly I'm coming to desire what is good. Why spend your money on what is bread? I, I, what is not bread, Isaiah says, and on what cannot satisfy. Come to the waters. For me, for example, I very often desire that my time be my own and that it not be interrupted so I can do what I want to do. That's a basic desire. And I had somebody today ask if I will do them a favor. It wasn't Nancy, in case you're wondering. And it would take about an hour. It's kind of an inconvenient time. And so my reflex would be to say no and to say yes. And then not with a grudging spirit, I guess I have to, but oh, this gives me a little chance to move in the direction of being the kind of man that I want to be. I'm a long way from that man right now. If I weren't, Uh, I would automatically say yes to something like this, or at least I would want to. But this is a little chance to move in the direction of love, to be liberated from a life that is governed simply by the desire of the ego and the appetite, and becoming the kind of person that when I reach the end of my life, I will want to have become. Second thoughts about two big questions. What do I want? What do I value? 
Hi, I'm Tim. Thanks for joining us here at Become New. We hope that these videos help you to grow spiritually one day at a time. If you'd like to find more resources, you can go to our website, becomenew.com. There you can sign up for the daily emails that go along with each video. You can access our full library of videos there. And you can let us know if you're interested in some of the upcoming leadership resources that we're working on right now. If you've got a prayer request, we would love to pray for you. You can text us that request at 855-888-0444. Our team meets daily Monday through Friday to pray for those requests. And so thanks for letting us come alongside you in your spiritual growth journey. We'll see you next time.